so before we looked at uh the arrest of jesus so we had the the upper room discourse which happened from pretty much john uh either 15 or 13 it happened for several chapters up until john 17 that ended with the high priestly prayer we finished off the high priestly prayer last week and then we looked at the arrest of jesus that was going to happen so now um, we're looking at Jesus before Aeneas and Caiaphas, as well as uh, uh, Peter denying Jesus. So we are now like Christ is pretty much going to die by tomorrow in terms of like the timeline of this text of like he was arrested like last night. This is like the morning and I think this is like Thursday and he dies on Friday. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officer of officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they led him to Aeneas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Verse 15, Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside the door, so the other disciples, or the other disciple who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who had kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and, the office and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. Verse 19. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world, and I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me uh, what I said to them. They, uh, now, they know what I said. When he said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Aeneas sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. Verse 25. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, so they said to him, You are also not one of the disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. So one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once the rooster, or a rooster, crowed. All right, so we got... Not not really a trial, but more, more of like a questioning before the high priest and the denial of Peter three times that we see happen here. Okay, so um, and it's important to remember that all of this is taking place during uh, Passover. Um, yeah, so that, that's... That's when it's happening for um, 
that's when this is all happening. It'll make more sense or it has more implications down the line with the trial with Pilate. Um, but yeah, this is all happening during Passover week. All right, verse 12. So the band of soldiers and their captains and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. So they, before this was in 18 verses 1 through 11, they confronted Jesus and now this is them arresting Jesus. First, they led him to Ananias, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was priest that year. It was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. So Ananias was a very influential Jewish leader. His, uh, his, uh, he was the father-in-law to the high priest, so it makes sense that they are taking him for like a hearing to these influential Jewish people. Um, and Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it'd be expedient that one man should die for the people. Uh, he gave that um, he gave that prophecy in John eleven fifty. Yeah, John eleven fifty. Let me read it real quick. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll I'll start from verse forty nine. But one of them said Caiaphas. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for that one man should die, uh, talking in regards to Christ, for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. So he unknowingly gave prophecy that Christ would fulfill um, in his death on the cross. And this is the same man who gave that prophecy. Um, verse 15, Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. Um, since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. Um, so the other disciple is most likely John. He is the only one in the gospel of John who isn't really like explicitly named and he also knew who the servant, who the high priest servant was um, in verse 10. Then Simon Peter, having drew a sword, drew it and struck uh, the high priest servant and cut off his right ear. And then John adds a little side note. The servant's name was Malichus. Um, so this is most likely John. And if he, uh, you know, if he knows the like high priest, it would make sense why he could go in with a guest as well um but yeah so they're they are now going to them um but peter stood outside the door so the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought peter in uh, the servant girl at the door said to peter you also are not one of this man's disciples are you he said i am not so Peter is denying Jesus. He is in a rather low-stakes situation of just like a servant girl. That We see more high-stakes situations that Peter did, still denies Christ in, um, but he is still denying that Christ, that he is a disciple of Christ. Uh, this could be 
from a couple of things. Peter could have lost faith because of the misimplication of um, Christ's rule and leadership being earthly dominion, which is even said later in this passage that he did not come for earthly dominion. And that's what Peter wants, though. That That is what his uh, innate desire for Christ to be, is an earthly king that rules over all. Now, obviously, that isn't what happened, but that's what Peter wants. We see it in the retaliation when Jesus is being arrested. He doesn't want Christ to be arrested because if Christ is in jail, how can he be king over the earth and king over the Jews? It, it doesn't fit with his mindset. So this is at a very a very low point for Peter of seeing what he thought Christ was going to do, essentially collapsing all in front of him. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's difficult to uh, be in Peter's mindset. And obviously, we shouldn't, like, say this is a good thing to do. But uh, you could definitely see why Peter is losing faith because of his preconceived notions of what Christ's role is. And obviously, now we know that Christ's role is much better than a simple earthly king. It is much better than that. He has a divine rulership over all, um, which is better because it's, it's an infinite rulership. He is not just a temporary king. He is a, a just leader who sits at the right hand of the father so yeah um does that make sense so far just all, all of what i guess the exposition and then that we've gone through time biz stuff yeah it makes sense epic then we are going to continue um Let's see. So he says, no, I am not. Now the servants and the officers have made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Uh, Peter also was with them standing and warming himself. So they're all just around a fire now, just vibing. Uh, so this is the, the first of Peter's uh, three denials. Um, the high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. Uh, I have said nothing in secret. Um, Christ has made all that is known available to anyone who like would come and listen to him, essentially. And he preached to the 5,000 men that he fed. Um, there is obvious retaliation of people. Um, and, and like people will take offense to it. And just in John, the list of offenses or like outward offenses against Christ and his teachings uh, is found in chapter 2, verses 19 through 20, uh, chapter 8, 58, um, chapter 10. 30 through 39 so he's not hiding anything he's not preaching 
a watered-down version of the gospel that gives people, like, good feelings, that, that makes the Jews be like, all right, he's all right, he, he's whatever, he's, he's not claiming dominion over the world, he's not claiming godship over the world, when Christ is claiming godship over the world, and that is definitely made clear in John 8.52, and then the Jews' reaction in 8.58, um, where he claims deity, and they say that is blasphemy, and that is not okay, um, so he's not preaching some watered-down version. The evidence is out there for what Christ has taught and what he has preached. And, yeah, he has, he has not kept these things in secret. Um, why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me um, what I said to them. Uh, they know what I said. There's a clear understanding of what he said to the people who he said it to. When he said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Which that is uh that is a wild response. Um, because Jesus is like bound before the high priest. He can't he's not like not retaliating or anything. And a car just like hits him. Uh it's like I don't know. That's that's a very weird. It's like an irregular response of there is a clear hatred for God within this officer's response of striking Christ because you don't you don't treat a normal prisoner that way. Uh, Jesus essentially just said like ask the people who I've been teaching this entire time. I haven't kept any of this secret. And he just like backhands them like that. That's just wild. Um, Jesus answered him. If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? And Aeneas sent them sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. So, um, if what I say is wrong, bear witness about it, about the wrong. So earlier in John, it was either John five or John six, where Jesus provided the multiple lines for testimony. Uh, that he is God. One is uh, the Father sending him. Two is himself. And then three is the scriptures. Um, that those are all independent lines of testimony of what he is preaching and giving validity to what he is saying. Um, and the Bible calls for two to three lines of independent testimony for a case to be properly made. And he points out the hypocrisy in the guard of tell me what I did wrong because Christ didn't do anything wrong. He has not done anything that deserves striking um, or he hasn't done anything to deserve to be arrested. That is only from the the evil of man, although uh, Christ and the Father used the evil of man to give redemption to man, but... Um, but he, there's no witness of Christ being wrong. And he asks him, why do you strike me if I'm right? What is the point of you hitting me if I'm right? It's it's kind of like, like I said earlier, like a hatred for God of when people rebel, that they rebel against God in hatred because they know something that they like can't, they can't get away from the fact that they're created in the image of God and they know that he exists somewhere in the back of their head. 
So when people rebel, they do it in very egregious ways because they want to take that image that they have and that notion that they have when they look at the world and they see creation and they see the beauty of God. They want to take that and say that this is nothing and I don't want God and I don't want anything to do with God. They have a hatred for God in their hearts and obviously they're going to act in sinful ways regarding that. That's going to happen very consistently because the unbelieving heart will always hate God until we are given a new heart. And by being given a new heart is when we will love God and he is giving us salvation. Um, it is not... The unbelieving heart is corrupt and evil. Uh, I think it's in... I want to say Romans 6, that uh, no one seeks for God, no one is righteous, not one. Um, all right, so they then they sent him out, and then we're about to look at Peter denying Jesus again. Is, is there any questions before moving on? Does that, does that make sense? Anything to add? I got a question. Go for it. Um, so you said no one seeks out God. Like mm -hmm. no one who isn't saved or... So the sinful heart does not seek out God. Oh, okay. Like... I was just... Yeah. Oh. Epic. Um, he, fit, he got fin struck. What a, what a sentence. Um, all right. Well, I guess let's move on to... Verse 25, um, now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, so they said to him, you also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, uh, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. So... Um, there is uh, the second um, questioning that's happening with them. Of uh, They're asking again, um, you know, by this fire, uh, are, are you sure you're not one of these disciples? Still, still very low stakes of they're just, they're just asking him if he's one of his disciples and he denied it. Um, but then the real high stakes one comes in when a relative of Malchus, the one who he he cut off the ear of, asks the question of, um, are you sure you're not? Didn't I, like, see you at the garden pretty much? Because, I mean, you would imagine if, like, someone cut off, like, your cousin's ear or something like that, you'd be like, let's go do something about it this dude's just like walking around he he just cut off my cousin's ear or like and any form of relative he could have been a brother he could have been anything and that's when like revenge can still like be in the heart of these people so who knows he could have been seeking revenge but that's definitely more of a high stakes of peter is showing that even in low stakes and high stakes situations that right now he is denying Christ. And then a rooster crowed and uh, this fulfills uh, the, um, the prophecy in 
John 13, 38. Um, I'll just start from 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow afterward. But Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. So, uh, the rooster, he has denied him three times, and then the rooster crowed right after that happens. So, still fulfilling prophecy of Christ being a prophet, a priest, and a king. Um, but yeah, this was this was a good bit of like exposition setting stuff up uh we we could continue through um through the rest of this chapter or like up until verse 32 because we still got like 30 minutes left do, do y'all want to do it we want to continue to go for it all right because this was a lot of setup to uh kind of what's happening here um so uh, let me uh, let me read this next little passage. Um, then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? Uh, they answered him, if this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. Jesus said to them, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken uh, to show by what kind of death he was going to die. Um, I'm just going to read this last little bit down here and if we get to it we'll get to it but if we don't then we won't uh, so Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him are you the king of the Jews Jesus answered do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me Pilate answered am I a, I am I a Jew your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that uh, I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? Uh, after he had said this, he went back outside of the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release uh, to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. All right. So verse 28. 
Um, they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat Passover. So, like I said, this is the Passover time, and they didn't want to be defiled by entering uh, the headquarters um, so that they wouldn't be, like, barred from Passover. Um, so Pilate went outside to them and said what accusation do you bring against this man they answered him if this man were not doing evil we would not have delivered him over to you so they don't really give an accusation to christ either in the 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 like questioning with ananias uh or this they they're just kind of saying well i mean like he's bad because we're bringing him to you right I and mean, you you gotta like that's not an accusation that they're bringing against him. That that's not a real argue, argument that you can make for like killing someone. Like imagine if like the cops just like grabbed you off the street and be like, "Well, like we have him handcuffed, so he's obviously done something bad." That's not a proper form of justice. That that's not a proper form of how you should apply justice to your people, and it's corrupting that and it's not good um but that's how they decide to go about this trial uh, they answered him if this man were not doing evil we would not have delivered him to you Pilate said to them uh, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law the jews said to him it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death um so Pilate is essentially trying to get away from this responsibility that they're trying to give to him they're wanting to just uh pretty much be like um well he's wanting them to just handle their own affairs um rather than bringing him in because Pilate is not a jew he is um this is not his affair to meddle in um but we can see later that um, they attempt to make it his affair to meddle um, in with uh, verse 33 because they attribute king of the Jews to Jesus, um, implying a like sense of going against Rome in which it would be Pilate's responsibility to thwart a king coming up in Jerusalem that is meant to combat rome um but Pilate said uh, to them take him yourselves and judge him by your own law the jews said to him it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death so christ it is not lawful for them to put anyone to death on this particular um day uh, they're, they're not allowed to put anyone to death on the day before uh the friday of passover uh, i don't know why it's like that but you can't bring anyone before the sanhedrin which is like the jewish court either higher or lower on the day before passover to um to put someone to death that that isn't something that you can do so they're trying to shift responsibility onto um the onto Pilate and have him be responsible for putting Christ to death. Um, this was to fulfill the word the use of, that Jesus had spoken to show what kind of death he was going to go by. So he has used words before 
like lifted up uh and like hanging of a tree and there's like stoning and there's all these different words used throughout the gospels that are used to to point to the type of death that christ is going to have um verse 33 well actually before i go into verse 33 any any questions are we just vibing we just vibing all right we're gonna can you send the verses oh yeah that'd probably be a good idea john 18 uh this would be 28 through 40 i didn't even think about that my apologies is that gonna be too long for biblebot to grab Oh no, I got it. Alright. So, um, verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? So they gave Jesus over, implying he is the king of the Jews and political opposition to Rome. Bad thing, and that's what, uh, that's what they want to use for Rome to kill him. Um, Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Um, Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? So um, this is uh, Jesus' own people have delivered him over to Pilate to have him killed um claiming you know he's the the king of the jews and that you know he needs to die for claiming that um whether or not these people believe that notion of christ being king of the jews that that's that is what they're pinning on to him and uh, you know I, I feel like this had to have been like a weird situation for Pilate of like just them giving up this dude with their only accusation being like a king of the Jews. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. And it's like, it's almost like, well, it is like the, the Jews are trying to go through like a loophole to wipe away responsibility from their hands. We'll see then that Pilate does this later, but, um, Am I a Jew, your own nation, and the chief priest deliver you over to me? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not have been delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. So Christ's kingdom is not of the world. It is not a physical kingdom. He does have kinghood, um, and he is... Uh, sitting at the right hand of the father um but the that does not make his kingship um of the world so earlier we saw uh jesus rebuke uh peter for cutting off the dude's ear uh malchus's ear um but that was uh, because he uh, peter was fighting for this type of kingship that Christ is saying that he is not going to have. 
that his kingship is going to look different, and he's not trying to establish kingship by force. If he was, the gospel would look very different. Um, the And that's not to say that there isn't any force in this new kingdom. Um, the, the Bible is described as a living sword, and we're supposed to slay sin in our lives. Just because it's not physical doesn't mean that there is not a reality of violence within the new kingship, but it is uh, there's not a physical violence to establish this dominion that Christ is going to have. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Uh, everyone who is of the truth and listens to my voice. So uh, Christ is reaffirming his uh, uh him being sent um and saying that this is a purpose that he was ever went through the incarnation in the first place is to establish his spiritual kingship overall um that that was the purpose from the beginning to become uh the king um and he has come to bear witness about this truth uh, and that he has uh, essentially come and he is uh, giving a new life to people and establishing his kingdom. And he establishes his kingdom through uh, the defeat of death on the cross. Um, but yeah, he is uh, that this was Christ's entire reason to come to the earth was this moment that is about to happen uh, tomorrow night in terms of this text. Uh, for his death on the cross. So uh, then Pilate asks, um, well, actually, I've come to bear witness. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Everyone who is uh, um, of the sheep and uh, has belief in Christ listens to the voice of Christ or the words of God or the the gospel essentially it does not fall upon deaf ears when the gospel is continuously preached to the church um the gospel does not or these words are a constant reminder uh for the believer through the holy spirit because the holy spirit as we saw previously in john was said to remind us of the words of christ every day so that we can become more and more like him um so, then Pilate said to him, what is truth? So, this is a, a very a very philosophical question that Pilate asks, but it's done so in a way to avoid actually seeking truth of, uh, um, he is, uh, it's essentially like a non-question where it's like, if you meet anyone who is philosophically uh, a skepticist of it, it will continually go down and down and down any conversation that you have with them because they just question literally everything and do not have a desire for the truth. Um, and the truth doesn't matter to them, especially the truth of the gospel. It doesn't matter to Pilate 
because even if Christ laid out the truth for him, which he already has, that he has come to this world to establish a kingdom, and that that is the truth of what he has come to bear witness to, um, it either way, Pilate is going to give him up to the Jews, um, or give him up for uh, the death, even if he finds truth and he finds that there is no guilt in Christ, even though he finds that the truth does not matter to him, he is going to do what's convenient in this scenario. Um, So after this, uh, he went outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. So, um, Pilate finds no guilt in him, um, and he leaves it up to the Jews to decide what, uh, what they want to do. Um, so they, the Jews have custom of pardoning a criminal at Passover, um, which, you know, like I said, this is Passover. This is like Thursday, and then the Passover, like slaying of the lambs, is going to happen on Friday in the ninth hour. Um, so they uh, they just they let him release a prisoner, um, and instead of someone who Pilate said. Uh, I will, I find no guilt in, uh, they want a convicted person. Um, they want Barabbas. They want the world over Christ. They want broken humanity, the convicted robber. Uh, they don't want the person who will give, um, who will give eternal life they don't desire that. They don't seek for God. They seek against God and seek to do the opposite to God. They're seeking to do violence against God. And that is all of us in our pre-Christ state of unless we are drawn to God, we are going to constantly hate God. Because why would we love God when we're sinners and we deserve judgment? What is the appeal of bowing down when there is nothing that is appealing to being judged? It is only by Christ and the salvation that he gives to us that we can be able to see the glory of God and see how much God truly loves us rather than being antagonistic towards him. And Christ will take anybody and do a 180 with their life of people um, being vehemently opposed to him or being unknowingly rebellious in day-to-day life. Uh, It's still sinful either way. And, you know, the Jews chose Barabbas, the epitome of worldliness, of he is a violent robber um, who has been convicted, who has had these lines of testimony and witnesses to put him in jail in the first place. They want him, something that they know is bad, over Christ, something that they should at this point know is good, um, but 
yeah, they, they desire the world over God. And that is going to continue until they have a new heart. Um, yeah, they took they took Barabbas over uh, over Christ. And uh, I don't know. Is there is there any questions? Any comments? I got a question. Go for it. Um, so Peter. So you know how Jesus always says to Peter, like, you'll betray me and all that? Mm-hmm. So, like, was Peter, I don't want to get into this too much, but was Peter predestined to, like, not be saved? Well, I want to argue that Peter isn't saved. Um, yeah, like, not be saved. Like, he isn't saved. Was he predestined to not be saved? Or was he never saved? Well, I think... Peter was definitely saved. He is he just made some like mistakes in um in the gospels. Uh, I think that temporary um temporary like unfaith unfaithfulness, something that we experience a lot of the time is not an indication of a lack of salvation. Um because Peter, Peter's the same one who uh, who says that you are uh, the Lord and uh, you have like saved us pretty much and that's the that's the uh, confession that Christ builds his church upon and then there's books in the Bible written by Peter um, so I, I wouldn't say that he hasn't saved was he predestined to commit sinful actions um that's the, that gets into a deeper topic of predestination of sin and if people are still responsible while while their sin being predestined um that that's probably a topic to save for like a Tuesday night cuz that I feel like there's a lot of levels to that but I'm going to go with uh yes and no uh kind of 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 course god knew what was going to happen he gave foreknowledge of what was going to happen but um it is still in peter's will to deny christ at that moment there's still something that's going to happen it's not like peter ha- was like fighting everything in him and god was saying no you're going to deny me it was uh, peter was wanting to deny god um so yeah, I I don't know, I guess that's how I'd answer that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, is there any other questions? Um, it's not necessarily a question, but it's kind of like a small little input. Um, if I may. Yeah, go for but it. For like, um, for the Peter thing, I think like Peter was. I'm not saying he is a metaphor. I know he was a real person, but I think he was very metaphorical. I think he was supposed to represent us and represent the love of Christ and forgiveness a lot because he. He messed up a lot, but in the end, he was saved, and God showed mercy and grace on him. I think that, like, Peter was really representing us, this newfound belief of Christianity and how we can make mistakes, but Jesus can forgive us, and he can get over it. Yeah, that, That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Was Peter the guy who hanged himself? It was Judas. Oh, sorry, that whole thing. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. The whole thing was meant for Judas. <laughs> okay, so was Judas? Yeah, Judas was. Like, go eat deep into it. Like, I don't want to waste your time. No, I, th- I think it's fine. We still got like seven minutes. Um, so it, it was said earlier in John that someone had to be uh, essentially the son of destruction or the uh, like the one who betrays the son of man, a.k.a. Christ. Um, so I'm he is a role that was necessary to be played. I don't think it was outside of Judas's desire. Like I said, it's not like God's like, Oh, you're going to do this now. And you're, you're going to like it and like forces him to then be like that, that we, we all have wills and I'm sure Judas's will was corrupted, but using those wills in order to uh, bring about the salvation that we are given in Christ is very, is like necessary and it's something that scripture spoke of before Uh, i think it was i'd have to find the exact verse but i think it was prophesied in like psalms of someone of the son of destruction betraying uh the son of man um and how it was necessary to happen and it's even said in john that like that was necessary to fulfill the scriptures um but yeah wait so did Judas go to hell, or? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he could have. He could have, uh, and it said he had. Uh, he like killed himself because he regretted what he did. I think that there's a difference between regret and repentance. So yeah. the only person who really knows is God. That's true. Yeah. Any other questions or comments or anything? Um. Like this has been like I mean it's not really like an important question, but like how why the why the rooster? Is that like a metaphor for something or does that represent something? The rooster? Uh, well so the stuff he prophesied this at the beginning of the upper room discourse, which is starts in chapter thirteen, which the upper room discourse is um talking in the upper room of uh i want to say mary's house someone's house um he says that at the beginning the discourse lasts throughout the night they go out to the garden they're arrested but when he prophesied at the beginning uh he's essentially saying before the sun rises at like nighttime you're gonna deny me three times and uh, that happens the rooster crows in the morning uh, when the sun rises so Peter does that, and then the sun rises, and then the day breaks, and then they go over to um, uh, over to Pilate. So it's like it's just an indicator of time that it all happened oh. very quickly. Gotcha. I read somewhere that Judas was required to betray Jesus, uh, or yeah, that that's that's what we looked at in earlier in John. I would have to find the particular verse though. I know it's it said somewhere in um. For either 16 or 15. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Wait, it's in... It might be in 17. Yeah, I just didn't have it have it prepared off the top of my head. Uh, any... Or he was the most faithful disciple of Jesus. Mm, wait, no. Jesus, Judas was not. Judas was from even earlier in John like hoarding the money bag and, and spending it improperly and he was like prophesied from like 
before that to um to betray him uh let me see if i can find this verse um but is there any other questions while while i look for this verse if i can't find it then i'll give up No? no? No questions? Okay. Here's verse 12. Well, while I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except for the son, uh, except the son of destruction, that the scripture may be fulfilled. So the son of destruction had to have been lost in order to fulfill scripture. Uh, let's see. This takes me over to Psalm 109.8. May his days be few, and may another take his office. There's Acts. Okay, so I think it's John thirteen eighteen. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate uh, my bread has lifted his heel against me. And that is cited from Psalm 41, 9. Oh, gosh. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate bread, has lifted his heel against me. So close friend who has betrayed christ um from proverbs 41 9 is the scripture that judas is set to fulfill and at this point has fulfilled because he's already betrayed christ sorry that was a bit of a sidetrack all right well if uh there's no more questions let me go ahead and pray for us and we can be done all right. Um, Lord, I thank you for this time of us being able to gather together and to read your word and to try to understand you better, Lord, and try to just pull applications out of the word that you've given to us so that we can better reflect you and better glorify you, God. Um, I just pray for all the people here that during uh, the rest of their week and the beginning of next week that they'd be able to just read your word every day and to pray and to love you and to glorify you god um even if it may be hard even if it's something that we're prone to forgetting lord i just pray that you'll instill it in our hearts to just love you and to praise you and to glorify you god we uh i just pray that each day that we will go about just having a remembrance for your sacrifice that you have given to us lord to give us salvation and to give us holiness and that that just we will not take it for granted whenever we do communion at church that we will think of the sacrifice you, that you have given of you becoming the lamb on the cross and taking on all the world's sin and the cup of wrath from the father lord um i just pray that these things will not leave our mind and that we could just love you for just all eternity lord it's in your wonderful and holy name we pray Amen.